Welcome to the radio rally on Clubhouse. Our group is called the Encouragers. You probably know that. We come together for this event every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. In case you have not gotten the update, we have also turned our Monday live events and our Wednesday live events into a podcast. They're actually two separate podcasts. The Wednesday event will be followed with an episode of what we are calling the Encouragers Innovation in Audio Podcast. And of course, the first one of those is already available because we recorded a couple of really amazing guests last Wednesday. That's available on iTunes. It's available on Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. Today's live event will be called The Encouragers the Radio Rally podcast, and it will become available in the near future, and I mean 24, 48 hours, something like that, maybe sooner, and will be available uh, wherever you get your podcast. Our thank you to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating audio footprint and distributing them, which we could not do without. Every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, Jesse Tack from B105 in Cincinnati, myself and Heather Froglier from K-Frog in Riverside, San Bernardino, host this live event with several really great radio guests sharing encouragement about radio right now. This isn't about the past. It's about radio today. It's about your career. Today's guests, by the way, are going to make for a very exciting event and a great podcast. This is our Chicago to Atlanta Connection event. On this live event you're listening to and the podcast that will follow, our guest, Jimmy Steele, the VP of Brand and Content Leader for 101.9 The Mix and 100.3 WSHE in Chicago for Hubbard Radio. We'll also be joined by Angie Ward. Some of you know her by the other name. I know. We all have these names in radio. Assistant Program Director, WUBL 94.9, The Bull in Atlanta, and on the air everywhere with iHeartMedia. If you've been on our radio rally before, you probably know that I like to review what is coming up the next couple of weeks before we get started with this week's amazing guest. Next week happens to be my birthday, July 5th, and it's our Western Sky event. Now, listen up. Steve Hunter, who is the Director of Broadcast Operations and Programming for Griffin Communications in Tulsa, Oklahoma, will be here and will be joined by one of my favorite people, Buzz Jackson, Program Director, KIIM 99.5 Tucson and PD of The Vibe, Classic Hip Hop. And that's going to be a fun event. Then on Monday, July 12th, it's going to be a little bit different for us for a couple of reasons. One, it's our our Being Real on the Radio event features David Dubow, who's the market manager, the uh, market president for Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And of course, he'll be joined by Steve Kramer, Kramer and Jess Mornings at Mix 106.5 WWMX, Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, and by the way, don't forget... We're also going to be pretty lucky to have Devin O'Day sit in with us. She is the new media host and developer of Main Street Media 
and she'll be co-hosting for Heather Froglier, who will be out that week. Let's get serious. We also have a lot of scheduled guests all the way till September on this live event you're listening to right now. And you really should see the list of who is coming to the radio rally. You can check that out anytime you like on our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com because encouragement is one of our services as a company. You're also going to find encouragement for on air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series and encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone earning their living from the radio industry today. We don't lock anything away on our website the way some consultants do. So go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime, 24 seven, you'll see what you can get for free from our team. By the way, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the radio rally, please send me their contact info why you think they'd be a great guest. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com is the way to reach us. My name is Lloyd Ford, and I am a branding, strategic programming, and morning show coaching consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. The work that we do with local broadcasters is focused on brand development, growing ratings, and revenue. Clients love the way our music lab makes their station stand out and capture more audience. They enjoy how our morning show fame development coaching also focuses on bringing the value to their existing morning entertainers so that they can shine. And of course, we spend a lot of our time with clients making their lives easier no matter what they need in their local market. We also do provide everything from voice trackers to music vlogs, image writing, and so much more. We've got what you need, and we are market exclusive. If you know somebody who has ratings challenges, we'd like to meet them. We'd love to help. What about this week? Well, let's get right to it. First, we'd like to say hi to our great co-host. First up, he does afternoons on B105, and he told me before this began he was having a software problem. And if you've been in radio, you've had a software problem at some time or another. Say hi to Jesse and, and hey, Jesse. Lloyd, what's going on? How you doing? Well, I'm just kind of making sure that you were pretty calm during that whole thing. I know it's very frustrating when you have challenges like that, right? Uh, yeah, we, we it's very frustrating. We have not solved the problem yet, but uh, oh. You can't keep you can't keep support on forever. Apparently, so um, we're going to make do in the meantime. That's right. So listen, we sometimes ask you about content in your afternoon show. You've done the two person show, and now you're kind of stretching your skills again by flying solo. Here's something we've not talked about with you. Do you like doing contests on the air at B105? If so, what are some of your favorite kinds of contesting? And is it the big money stuff or is it something smaller or what is it? Uh, for me, it's anything that I you know, I, I like our big contest, you know, the money contest. But for me, I've always been about uh, being creative and coming up with fun ways to do things. So it could be, uh, you know, we do a, a benchmark every afternoon called Beat the Bear, where you have to outrun a bear. And if you don't, you'll get attacked. And we have a funeral for you. And, you know, we say you don't win, although you really do uh, off the air. Uh, but, you know, I love coming up. Like I came up with an idea a couple of years ago for sold out concert tickets 
Uh, we named it Yell Out for a Sellout. I think I've told you about this before. And this isn't, I'm not the first, I'm sure, to do this contest, but that's just the name. And you go into a public place and you yell out as loud as you can, whatever we tell you to yell. And if you do it, you win. And that's just entertaining to me. So yeah, I like the smaller contest, I would say. Yeah, I like those that involve a little creativity too. So listen, what's your sense of things in Cincinnati? Cincinnati itself, are are things getting back to normal or, or whatever the new normal might look like after the pandemic? Do you see folks with masks? Are you, you all seeing the concerts crank back up? I'm sure you are, right? Things are very normal. Um, I, I don't know, where, I can't remember where I was at earlier today, but I saw somebody with a mask on and that actually stood out to me that that not to use the word unusual, but that was unusual for where I was at. I don't remember. It might have been the grocery store. Um, but no, uh, in concerts. Yeah, we have uh, between now and the beginning of December, we have 20 concerts. So and they're still announcing. So, yes, I would say this is a train that I don't think is going to slow down. And, and don't you think. I mean, God, I hate to be this guy, but don't you think there are going to be some winners and losers in that? So many concerts. Uh, it's, yeah, well, I know we're going to be busy. Uh, I can tell you that. I've been looking at my calendar and there's a lot more dots on it on my calendar than there used to be. But yeah, there's, uh, it's good for the, it's good for music fans for sure. Oh, I think it's good for radio, too, because yeah. things, are, things are going to be popping pretty hard. Finally, I got a really crazy question for you, Jesse. Inquiring minds want to know, we have seen everyone from Elon Musk to Mr. Bezos offering trips to space soon for private citizens. Now, let's just say that you get a ticket to participate. You know this kind of thing does happen uh, with them as a part of your regular job on the air at B105, it just comes to you and they can, they go, hey, you know what? You're going to ride the SpaceX rocket or whatever. Are you up for that ride? My, my gut instinct, my gut instinct is no, but I have done some crazy things over the years where friends and I say to me, why did you do that? And my answer is always, I did it for the show. Um, so I would say, yes, I could see a lot of potential in being a somebody from Cincinnati going to space. Absolutely. I like it. Well, listen, uh, I definitely want to thank you for hanging out, especially to run to this after your wonderful experience with uh, whatever software company. You don't have to mention them, but, you know, we all have those frustrations from time to time. I do want to thank you. And listen, you can catch Jesse on the air afternoons at B105 any afternoon. You, of course, can catch him on the stream if you're not in Cincinnati. You are listening to our regular live event on Mondays. We do this every Monday. It's called the Radio Rally. This group does not grow without you. And we don't take that for granted either. We know that it takes time for people to develop a habit to understand that this is actually happening. Please invite your radio friends to join us. Tell them what we're about, encouraging them. Tell them how we they can actually join us any Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Heather, you know I'm going to ask you, uh, uh, you know, a little question time. Uh, mm -hmm. so first question is, how are you? I'm good. I'm roasting, but I'm good. Oh, my gosh. When you say you're roasting, what, what does that mean for Riverside Sandberg? You know, just give us the 411. 
oh, you know, temperatures on this on the West Coast right now are pretty outrageous. So, you know, it's hot and a little bit humid for us. And it's earthquake mm-hmm. weather, which is always scary. And um, it's just hot. I'm roasting. <laughs> oh, man. Well, stay in that air conditioning. You'll be fine. So, Oh, you'll be hearing that shortly. I changed the air filter on it this weekend, and it's loud and cranking the air. Hey, man. That's, that's just superhero stuff to me. So you and the guest that you have today, you're both going into the Country Radio Hall of Fame. Has that really settled in with you? This is what I mean. Um, I can only assume that the two of you are going to be seeing these amazing Hall of Fame plaques with your faces on them. You're going to be doing this together. For you, after some reflection, how does that feel? It still feels really um, surreal. Uh, It's still, you know, I have to remind myself, you know, it's okay to accept something this huge. You've worked hard for it. So um, I, again, did not expect that, but it it does make you feel like you've made a difference in your career and that you have contributed, you know, to the industry. And for that, I'm thankful. But yeah, I don't think it's going to set in until I actually get on the plane in October and go to Nashville. So very excited. Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, none of this stops. Your career is going strong as ever. And that that leads me to this. You know, look, uh, did you think, look, it's quite amazing that my bosses, meaning you, my bosses have placed my afternoon show on a number of these high profile country stations in the West. So you got all this going on. And yet here you go doing Uh something that you've never done before. Were you pretty knocked out by that? Uh, big time. Um, again, that was something that wasn't expected. And, and back in September, when some additional consolidation happened, um, and this became the plan, the fact that, you know, my bosses, Kevin Callahan, and Tim Roberts trusted me to, you know, handle that role. And to think that I was even remotely talented enough to do that was a huge compliment. So I was thrilled and scared at that time. And now we're just having fun. So all right, so let's talk about you and your afternoon partner for just a minute. Uh-huh. Um, I want to know how you do this on, on a number of radio stations, okay? Um, how do you let listeners know who you are on the show? In other words, do you have a special trick you can share for being vulnerable and letting them know who you are? Well, um, we're a baby show now, so it doesn't matter that, you know, I've been on Frog for 20 years it doesn't matter i have to now earn the listener's respect again with my partner and anthony and i are really conscientious of what we're sharing right now so you you don't want to go into a market like seattle or portland where you've never been and be like a fire hydrant that you can't shut off you need to let them get to know you what makes you tick where your heart is what you believe in and then from the listener's standpoint what makes heather and anthony like me what why should i listen to them and you know i i love the fact that anthony and i've worked together for six years in the past and he's a millennial a new dad to be and i'm a single mom you know former military brat we have a nice little you know madden summer all thing going on and you know i think where we are in the process right now just you know a month or so in together uh, we just need to maintain, you know, being as real and as authentic as we possibly can and just, you know, giving them content that they can relate to. 
Well, as you know, I know Kevin Callahan really well, and I know he does not do things unless he is certain. And so it's a big kind of feather to you that he's going, that's the person <laughs> that can do this. He's the man. He's the man. Okay. So you have a really great guest for us, don't you? I do. I'm so excited to have Angie Ward here. And like uh, Lloyd mentioned just a bit ago, she's the APD at WUBL 94.9, the Bull Atlanta um, for iHeartRadio. And she is a 2021, class of 2021 inductee to the Country Radio Hall of Fame. Angie, thank you for being here. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here, too. I'm a little nervous. because Don't be nervous. Know. Nobody bites here. And it, it's really just <laughs> a lot of sharing, you know, your journey. And um, we'll start with that. Can you take us through your radio journey, how you got bit by the bug and how you ended up in Atlanta? Uh, yeah, it was all by accident. Um, I still tell people I'm doing this until I can get a real job with my degree, which is public relations. So um, it was uh, seriously something that I just fell into. I was at Auburn University. I I was studying public relations and I um, was in the radio station as a PR person. Um, So kind of thought I would go into marketing for radio and someone didn't show up for a sports cast. And the guy that was there shoved me in this little room that I now know is a studio, stuck some headphones on me, handed me a script and said, read this when I point to you. And it was a sports cast. And uh, I've been behind a microphone ever since. So um, it was after that that I just really realized this was something I liked. Um, I continued with my degree in public relations because basically that's what we do. Um, and a little local radio station about 30 miles away heard me on Weagle, the Auburn station, and called and offered me a job. So I started doing mornings uh, and sportscast on that station, and I did seven to midnight. So I would go do the news and sports in the morning, drive 30 miles back, do my classes drive back, do seven to midnight. And I'm, I like, when I look back now, I have no idea when I ever slept or, or how I got through it, but I did. Um, and then when I was graduating, um, from Auburn or my senior year at Auburn, uh, a, a local station was launching mix 96 are still there and they're an iHeart station and now, and they hired me to help launch the station. So I did that for a year. And when I was graduating, I was on the air talking about moving home to Atlanta to find a job in PR. And Lynn Shackelford, who was the program director at South 106 in Columbus, Georgia, heard me on the air. And he called and offered me a seven to midnight job. Uh, So I was thinking to myself, here I am graduating from college. It's probably good to take any job you can get while you're looking for another job. So I took that job and he made me the music director and kind of really introduced me to country radio. I grew up on a horse farm in Atlanta. I've loved country music my whole life, but um, that was my first country radio job. And um, after that, he just, he kind of taught me the ins and outs of being on a real radio station and and having a music director and a program director and all those big things. And then he got let go. And so the owner made me the PD and I 
kind of, it was trial by fire. I got thrown in and learned really fast what to do and what not to do. Um, and that lasted for about a year. And then I got a call to move to North Carolina to do middays on cat country. And I, uh, I drove up and did the interview and got the job and um, was there for about a year and got promoted to program director there. Um, and then after that, that station got bought out and flipped to a rock alternative station. So I decided for a minute that I wanted to stay on the air and be a rock girl, which was fine. But that was back in the like Nirvana um, days and the early rock alternative days. And um, I hated it. Like I just was miserable. <laughs> and so you can imagine being miserable on a rock alternative station. I had the highest numbers on the station because that's what the listeners liked was me being disgruntled and miserable. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, but shortly after that, I, I think I did that for about eight months. And um, Paul Franklin, who was the program director for WTQR, which was the sister country station, rescued me and put me on middays on WTQR. And I have been uh, on WTQR for, for 20, is it 25 years now, I think, um, since he, he put me on there. I, I stayed on even when I moved to Atlanta. Um, and then uh, about 2013, my good friend Lance Houston here in Atlanta decided to move to Baltimore to work for Meg Stevens. And if you know what's going on in my world right now, you know this is a crazy train ride. But um, so Lance goes to move to work for Meg in Baltimore. They ask if I wanted to move home to Atlanta. And of course I did. So I came home to Atlanta to take his job. And then a few years later, Meg comes to Atlanta, and now Lance came back this year. So we're all back together, and oh, that brings awesome. us to today. <laughs> that is awesome. And congratulations, formal congratulations on uh, being a class of 2021 Country Radio Hall of Fame inductee. How did you get the news? Tell us well, about what happened. Well, first of all, congratulations to you, too. I haven't had a chance to talk to you, so congrats. I'm excited for us to go dress shopping and get our makeup done. Yes, girl. Um, <laughs> uh, so my market president had a, uh, a get together for the staff at his house and Meg Stevens, my, um, ops manager, or I, you know what, their titles changed. So she's probably got something way more important than that as her title now, but Meg, um, was there and my husband, Tim was there with me cause it was really cool family thing. And Meg came and got me and Tim, we were downstairs, um, just chilling out uh, with the rest of the crew. And she said, hey, I need you guys to help me move some furniture or something. And I was thinking, Meg, all these guys around here, you're going to make me move furniture? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And um, when I walked up the stairs and out the door, they popped the champagne and told me that uh, I was going to be in the Hall of Fame, which was crazy. And then I cried and all that good yeah. stuff. So. What does being in the Hall of Fame mean to you? You know, it, it's it's what you said. Um, I think it's one of those those validation things. We work so hard, and it just feels like okay, somebody has been paying attention mm -hmm. to all the stuff we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And um, I I remember um, back in I, I 
in 2000, when I was blessed enough, I, I won the CMA award and we went to Nashville. And I remember seeing the other, the, the country radio hall of fame inductees, the, the plaques on the wall. And I remember saying to myself, Oh my gosh, I, I like, how does that happen? How do you get there? And I never in a million years thought that I would be here. So I'm so grateful and so blessed. And I, really am, you know, like no take backs. They can't call me and say there was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, what would you say? What I think everybody has one of those standout moments early on in their career, maybe midway through their career, where you just knew, okay, this is what I was meant to do. You know, whether it being, you know, your first um, exposure, maybe to doing a, a radiothon or a listener comment or somebody comes up and shares something that you said that touched them. Was there a moment? Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, and mine's actually, this is really dramatic, but, uh, but it is a true story. It happened. I was, I was doing seven to midnight in Columbus, um, Georgia on South 106. And I was, I was doing a, a show called crying, laughing, loving, and leaving where listeners would call in, you know, and I'd say, are you crying, laughing, loving, or leaving? And they'd tell me their story. And then we would play a song to go along with whatever. And this lady called and I answered the phone and she was, she was crying and I could hear all this chaos going on in the background. And I was like, are you okay? And she said, actually, I'm not. She said, I, your number was the last number we dialed. This was before cell phones. So she had just hit redial on her phone and it came into the studio and her husband had come home and he was a very violent man and he was basically hurting her and her four-year-old daughter. And she and her daughter were hiding in a closet. I'm getting all upset just thinking about it. But they were um, they were hiding in a closet. She had pulled the phone in there and, and she had called me. And so I called 911 and um, I stayed on the phone until the police got there and they took her to a shelter. And she was so kind after that and, and would like bring me food to the station and tell everybody how I had helped her and her daughter. And I thought, you know, this is, this is an opportunity I had to help someone that I would have never had had I not been sitting here in the studio. So wow. that just kind of changed it all for me. That is what I mean, thank God you were there. That just, that's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was really just, you know, when I realized that radio is, is, is so much more to the people out there listening, like we really can make a difference in their lives. And you just never know how you're going to do it. Yep. So true. Well, as a woman in the radio business, we know you and I know, and all the other ladies that are uh, listening to this, we always put internal pressure on ourselves to work harder, try and balance life really well, not screw things up, do all the things. Yeah. How do you stay motivated with everything else that's going on in your life? Um, well, I have a daughter and I have a granddaughter too. And so obviously I want to be a good role model for both of them. I want to um, show them that girls can do everything and they are strong and powerful and to not let um, circumstances like hold you down or, or let people hold you back either. I think that's a really important thing. Um, and you know, this Heather, I, I I'm, I'm only assuming, 
But, um, you know, there, there have been times in my radio career where I didn't get the promotion and it did go to someone that was either less qualified, but was a guy or someone, you know, just different circumstances, or maybe it was just someone who had a family member or something that was higher up the chain than, than me. And I think it, I just want to make an example that if you just keep persevering and keep trying really good things can come out of it. 100%. Um, 100%. And then, you know, like you said, like when you hear listeners tell you that you've said something or done something on the air, like, um, I'm a big proponent for breast cancer awareness because I've lost um, several girlfriends to breast cancer. And so just having a woman come up and say, hey, you know, you were on the air talking about I should go get my mammogram and I did it and they found this spot. And thanks to you, um, I'm, you know, getting treatment or um, other, just anything like that. That's just one example. Yeah, that's when you know, Wow the power of a, a 50,000 watt microphone and just being yourself, you know, it's yeah. pretty humbling. Um, I'm, everybody generally has a mentor or maybe even two, somebody that you looked up to when you were on your way up. Is that person still in your life or what can you tell us about, <laughs> you know, the person that meant the most to you? Yeah, I have, um, I have a pretty long laundry list of great people who have, help me get where I'm at. So um, there's no way I could name them all. Um, I already mentioned Lynn Shackelford, who, who saw potential in me and put me on South 106. And when I was at South, um, Jay Albright was the consultant. And she was so good at encouraging me um, because I thought, okay, like Columbus was a very small market. And I just, in my head, assumed that was as far as I was going to get. Like I just never dreamed obviously that I would end up in Atlanta. And the funny thing is that the Atlanta market bleeds into Columbus. So looking back now, I I literally flipped it and I never, ever thought I would be here. Um, Bruce Logan is just one of my Bruce. (laughs) He he has been amazing. I don't want to tell you how many years we've been friends because it would show our age, but there have been so many things in my radio career that Bruce has been part of. Um, Paul Franklin was my program director at WTQR. I know a lot of people on here knew him. Um, He was killed in a motorcycle accident. And he was probably, um, up until we lost him, the biggest influence in my radio career and and honestly in my life. He was just a great man. And he, he was somebody who, you know, taught me how to treat listeners with dignity and respect and love no matter what. And, and taught me that I should be friends with my um, so-called competitors across the street, because you never know, you might be working with them one day. And that's happened more times than I can possibly count. Um, But when big Paul uh, was killed, Bruce stepped in. And I remember just being like petrified because he, he like everything I felt was was falling in my lap at the radio station because he was gone because I was his APD and uh, and Bruce kind of stepped in and he just gave me good advice and gave me the courage to keep going. And he's done that through my whole career. And then 
uh, Meg Stevens blew into my life a few years ago, and it was like a big explosion happened. And uh, it, it just really rejuvenated everything I'd been working for all these years to have such a strong, uh, successful woman in radio Mm -hmm. down the hall. It's just, she's just amazing. And she's always so encouraging and, and, um, and gives me great advice whether I ask for it or not. So (laughs) I've noticed that um, since we've started doing the encouragers that when we bring up the mentorship question, it seems like we should start phrasing it as who is your Mount Rushmore of mentorship? Because (laughs) that's not a bad problem to have. It's so nice to be able to have multiple people that have, you know, helped you out along the way or given you great advice. So that's awesome. Yes, I'm sorry it was such a long list, but like I said, it's it's um I th- I think, you know, I've never been afraid to take the advice. Um I'm I'm always wanting to learn. I I kind of have a motto that I want to learn at least one new thing every day. Um so it's nice to have a lot of smart successful people around me. Sure. It's been so fun getting to know you a little bit better and I can't wait to see you in October in Nashville and Angie, congratulations again. And if you'll hang around, we may have some questions from the audience for you after this. So we're going to turn it over to Floyd or Lloyd. All right. (laughs) Thanks. So uh, you heard that, right? Mentors, talking about mentors. And she's like apologizing because she got so many. But look at her successful track record. Look who she is, okay? I wouldn't dream of having what I call a superheroes thing without having somebody like Heather on our team at the Encouragers. And yet there she is, Angie, right? They have so many things in common. I do want to encourage you, no matter who you are, to connect with everybody on this stage tonight and everybody in this room. Why? Because we are stronger together. We are doing this to encourage radio. After 2020, after all of the things that have happened, and let's call it the consolidated era, who needs encouragement more than us, right? So, you know, Angie is going to stick around for a few minutes after the second interview in case you do have questions coming up. Thank you, Heather. Of course, if you want to, you can catch Heather any afternoon on K-Frog or a whole bunch of other radio stations because she has got a lot going on, too. We love visiting with radio on the Radio Rally and our group, the Encouragers. And of course, we don't want you to forget that this live event has also become a podcast called the encouragers the radio rally so there will obviously be a delay before the imprint goes to wherever you get your podcast but this event is being recorded for that purpose our wednesday event the encouragers innovation and audio is already available on itunes spotify and wherever you get your podcast we hope that you'll share our podcast when they become available too everything we're doing is about supporting the community of employees that work in radio and audio. Please share us in your social media too. You can share our guest calendar or give us a shout out on your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, whatever you whatever you choose to do, we'll be grateful for. It's another way for people to come in contact with our group on Clubhouse called The Encouragers. If you believe in local radio and think everyone needs encouragement like we do, The Encouragers is a great thing to share. Our next guest, 
is really one of the most respected programmers in our business. There can be no question about his track record that he is a very serious programmer. Uh, you want a tough job in radio? Go program Power 106 in Los Angeles. He's done it. Uh, go be a programmer who is the VP of Programming and Operations for Clear Channel, now iHeart in Dallas. He's done it. And, of course, Jimmy programmed Q102 in Cincinnati, where Jesse Tag does afternoons on B105. I'll spare you the awards that he's won. It's a lot of blah, blah, blah. He's the best at this, at that, and the other. I know that he is hating me saying this, but I'm just going to say we're very fortunate that we're, we're having him as a guest on the Encouragers, the radio rally. I'm talking about the VP of brand and content, the leader for 101.9 The Mix and 100.3 WSAG in Chicago for Hubbard Radio's Jimmy Steele. And uh, how are you, Jimmy? I'm well, Lloyd. How are you? Um, I'm doing good. Please. Uh, we're going to start with baby Jimmy. Okay. Can you tell us how in the world did you first enter the radio business? It was the uh, epiphany that I had when I realized I couldn't master any musical instrument. Um, as a self-described music geek, I had to find a way to be near the music and the creators of what really is the centerpiece of, of my life. Um, and loved listening to personalities on the radio growing up. They were very, very impactful for me. I, I'd, I'd like to say that, um, you know, they positively influenced me in a way that nothing really else touched me. And I, I think part of my calling, if you will, that sounds a bit presumptuous, but it sure seems that way, um, was kind of paying it back. And uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to do that. And um, I, I think if you segue into the mentorist thing in the interest of expediency, um, um, just like Angie, I could give you a nice long laundry list of, of folks because I'd, I'd like to think we all learn from everybody who we're exposed from. And sometimes we learn how not to be or how not to do it or what not to say. And those lessons, to me anyway, are just as valuable as, as the positive ones. But um, – you know, you mentioned power. Um, our president of programming there was Rick Cummings. Um, and, you know, I think Angie also mentioned on a couple of her mentors that great people seem to do great work. And that greatness, hopefully, after a period of time, rubs off on you. And, and, and Rick Cummings, just as far as a person and as a programmer and a strategic individual with high empathy and great bandwidth. He's a huge mentor of mine. Um, and just in the interest of keeping the, the list kind of digestible, I'll embarrass Guy Zapolian because I see him in the room. Um, what up, Guy? Um, Guy, again, not that any of this is any surprise to anybody in the room, but, but Guy is one of the most strategic and nicest and smartest programmers. Um, you know, everything that I aspired to be on the come up, um, uh, I didn't aspire to be uh, you know, one of those swashbuckling PDs who thought it was I set an example on not only his knowledge and insights, but, but the way he carried himself. So, so Guy, I'm done embarrassing you now. Um, and I could go on and on. Maybe one third one, make it a trio. Is 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 Mark Chase, the 
short time that JCOR actually owned Q102 in Cincinnati. The DOJ made it made uh, JCOR give us back, and we went to ARS and kind of got ping ponged around. Um, I think. In the course of a couple of years, I had five owners in Cincinnati without leaving my desk. You talk about big fun. Um, but Mark Chase was always a great reminder of, you know, the the art is just as important as the science. I remember the first time I walked into his office, he had a, uh, a Nerf foam rubber brain hanging from the ceiling. And it said, think, God damn it. Um, because we all are, you know, subjected to endless distractions and um he, he was great on focusing on the things that really differentiated his radio station. And that's a lesson that I, I carry to this day. So, so Lloyd, I segue to another question. There's, there's your mentor answer. Boy, I tell you what, and that's good because, you know, we, we as a society become more distractible than ever. And I read something today that just makes you just think about how much more distractible we'll be in the future and what two generations or three generations of being a highly distractible society does for radio listeners. It's, it's not a lot of fun. When you, when you first started, I mean, I don't know if you if you started out thinking this, but when did you suspect you wanted to program a radio station and what led to that decision? And, and important too, who gave you the green light? Where was it? Um, you know, as a baby DJ, I, I worked for a few PDs who, you know, I wasn't really feeling them to be perfectly honest. They probably weren't feeling me either, to be honest. And, and I thought that's not the way this should work. You know, you should, as a manager and a leader, you should be there in service of your people. It shouldn't really be about you. And maybe that's what I was referring to earlier, where, you know, some of the lessons that we learn are just as valuable in how not to be and what not to do and what not to say. So I just thought, oh, I can do that. I, I was so enamored with filling up my four hour show with great stuff i thought well uh, my ego was big enough to think i could program the whole radio station to be responsible for you know 24 7 365 um at the time i went to being a pd um lloyd i, I was apd md uh at kegl the eagle in dallas and they basically said you're doing great you're number one and yada 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 but you got to go to a small market to be a pd which i'm sure a lot of people on this call may have heard before. Um, so I went to Cincinnati. I got hired up there, 102, and uh, got a lot of zany stuff out of my system because I, you know, complained a lot about why can't we do this and how come we're not doing this and shouldn't we be doing this? Shouldn't we consider that? And, and finally, you get that opportunity if you persevere hard enough to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. And did some crazy stuff. I hired a guy to do mornings who had never cracked a mic in his life um, just because he made me laugh out loud. And all of the audio that I had got from people who were gainfully employed left me kind of flat. And I hired this guy who was an AE for a smooth jazz station in San Diego, never been in a control room because um, I just thought he was funny and he had it. Um, his name is John Jay. And he went on to and currently still is syndicated on a bunch of iHeart stations and has done extremely well and very funny dude, which I think many of you in this room probably know. Did some other crazy stuff. I remember we had the Rolling Stones up at Riverfront Stadium um, back when that was up in Cincinnati. And on on the low, the only person I told was my marketing director. We, uh, we leased an airplane, put a banner on the back, and it flew over 
the stadium filled with 55,000 people, and the banner said, the Rolling Stones thank Q102. Um, nice. So, you know, and my marketing director up there, Vaughn Freeman, I'm friends with him to this day. He, he currently works at Odyssey in, in South Florida, um, VP of marketing or some really long, impressive title. He... He actually, in some ways, was a mentor, too. He's kind of a real P.T. Barnum character. Um, so I, I think, to answer your question, me not getting nurtured and feeling like I was answering the people who could do it better than I and, you know, kind of a surge of ego on my part and then getting the opportunity in Cincinnati and, and you know, again, making sure that at least more so than some of the people I came up around that, you know, the show business part with the show being highlighted was really first and foremost that we had just as much of a dollop as, you know, art as we did science. Um, I, I, early on when I was a baby DJ doing weekends and all that, I was around too many people who followed the science to a T but couldn't breathe life into it. And, and right. don't get me wrong, I'm very strategic because I, I mean, you have to understand the market. You have to understand, like in, in Chicago, a Hispanic meter is worth, 35% more than a Caucasian meter. I mean, little things like that. You got to know the playing field, PPM. Strategy is, a, is the foundation to any successful radio station. But if you don't know how to differentiate yourself and, and create value for the listeners um, and you're be, dead. be a brand right. that transcends, you know, then, yeah. then you're just, you know, better than anybody else and your station is not breaking through. Well, I hear somebody talk like this, and I just want to like slow down a little bit so that everybody really hears that that art is an important thing. It's the soul of what's happening, right? I, I think so. I mean, you know, the the uh, one, the guy, one of the guys who ran Pixar, Ed Catmull, said several years ago, and I kind of plastered this um, quote around a few places. He said that managing a creative company entails a, a constant balancing act between potentially opposing goals, and those goals are encouraging great creative freedom. But at the same time, ensuring your result is an orderly process and gets consistent financial results. So um, I, I just like to think I'm the lead zany in the insane asylum because if I'm not encouraging that kind of left of center behavior across all platforms, um, then I, I don't know. I think to Power 106, we got to a million subs on YouTube and it was because we we're doing crazy stuff. We were dressing up like plants in our own lobby and scaring our winners who came to pick up prizes. And, <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, people need to be entertained. I mean, look, let's face it. Every DSP has every song ever made in everyone's phone in their pocket. What are you giving them that they can't get elsewhere? Right. What's your exclusive? What's the key for people who, I mean, look, there's, there's a little Jimmy Steele somewhere. He's either on, he's either on this thing right now, or he's going to be listening to the podcast. Please tell him or her, right? Because Jimmy, could, that could be any kind of name. Uh, what's the key to getting that first programming job, Jimmy? I, I guess if you want it in one word, it's probably persistence. You know, tr be as persistent as you can and, and, and let people know you're not going to go away. And over time, you're not going to take no for an answer. Um, and, and try to find, in some way, shape, or form, a culture that you fit into. Um because I, I got to the point where I finally realized I'm not going to fit into any culture I don't create myself. Um, right. 
because again, radio when it's done right is is a, is a fun factory of a bunch of artistic people, and then you supply you know the artistic and strategic underpinning of all of their their craziness. Um, as long as you can find people with with passion, um, you go back to Beethoven who said many years ago. Uh, Playing a wrong note is insignificant, but playing without passion is inexcusable. Um, so, it, you know, when I sit with someone for the first time and I go over and check, I tell them that you could do one of two things when the microphone is open. And this is also true now for digital content as well. But originally I said it about being on the air is every time you crack the mic or every time you post a blog now or every time you post an IG a story or whatever, you're doing one of two things. You're, you're making a brand deposit or a brand withdrawal. Are you providing an experience that enriches your brand, that has value to the listener or the, the reader or the user? Um, you know, everything is pretty black and white. People are coming to you and your station and these personalities in this room to learn something, to smile, to know something they didn't know before, to have fun, to escape the pandemic. Or, you know, we have a job to do and our job is to be an oasis and have an element of escapism. Um, and understand your brand, understand your brand's job. And if you understand those things, I, I think success is, is not too difficult to stumble into. Sometimes it's inevitable, right? I think so. All right. So listen, tell, tell us the difference between Los Angeles, California and Chicago, Illinois for a programmer for radio. What what's the difference? Well, it's, it's funny. Before I went out to L.A., I programmed mix in, in Dallas. And then when I went out to L.A., everyone said, oh, my God, they've, they've got a pop programmer at power. And then I left power recently to come here and they said, oh, my God, they got a hip hop programmer at a mix station. So I, I think the lesson there is. Um, we are all subjected to people's perceptions. And, you know, the, the difference, at least for me, is I was programming a young end station in Los Angeles and it was Hispanic targeted and we dominated 18 to 34. Um, and out here, um, it is a pop station that is um, obviously inclusive with Latinos and all ethnicities, um, but it's more adult and, and less young, less early adopters. Um, more um, adults who are in a routine who obviously for the way PPM works is a good thing if you can exploit it properly. Um, so I think targeting adults is, is, a, is a different game than, than targeting the young end. Um, again, understand your brand. Hopefully you have a, a marketing model or a branding model for your brand. You understand why people come there, what they want to get out of it, how many occasions a week they're coming in, how long you're listening for. You understand the parameters of, of your brand and, and you program accordingly. So um, I, th I think, Lloyd, your question is just as much a comparison of formats as it is markets. Um, the only other thing I'd say is, you know, having an understanding of PPM. Um, in LA, for example, we had about 500 zip codes. Um, if we did well in the key 30 ones, we were fantastic. If we didn't do well in those key 30 ones, we didn't look so bright. So understanding the game at the um, on the playing field of all of your strategic efforts and then filling up every container and every platform with as much compelling uh, content as you possibly can. I think some of that is panformatic, Lloyd. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So listen, 
Uh, I'm glad that you put all of that together for people uh, listening because all of it is so important. Uh, what is it for you? Because I, I can't quite tell just yet, but I'm so curious. What is it for you that you like most about programming? Is it the talent coaching? Is it the music, the strategy? Is it all of it? What is it? Well, I can start on the other end of that funnel. What I hate the most is the spreadsheets, but they're a necessary evil. <laughs> um, but at the other end of the pyramid, it, it's probably, um, you know, you think about it, whether you crack the microphone or the followers you have on Insta or, you know, whatever platform you're on, everybody in this room or their staffs have the luxury, the blessing, if you will, to have the positive impact on more people than most people meet in a lifetime in one afternoon. So that's privilege, I guess, is right up there toward the top. Um, and I love imaging. I love music. Uh, you know, back before streaming, I still have the, probably nearly 30,000 MP3s. I'm, I'm, I'm a complete music geek. Um, I love marketing. Um, and I, I really do love working with personalities. And um, in my former role as uh, VP of programming for Emmis, I oversaw every format and many, many markets and got, you know, very tight with a lot of personalities. And um, having been on the air myself, I, I think, um, I, I think whenever you have the opportunity to be a player coach, it's got more value than just being a coach. So, hope that answers your question, Lloyd. It, it does, actually. And I love anything that fans the flames of turn toward your talent, respect your talent, love your talent, nurture your talent, make your talent feel special and make them feel like they can take chances and do, you know. And, of course, we all know that if you've been in a responsible position in this business, you, you have to have your finger on the pulse of the business because it's a business. Okay. Uh, tell us this. If, if you were talking to a baby programmer, okay, or, or somebody who wants to program today, what, what advice do you think you might share with them, Jimmy? Uh, you know, I, I think you have to have an innate curiosity. If, if I told you how many uh, newsletters I subscribe to, everything from tech to spirituality to product hunt on new apps that come out every day of the week to futurists like Yard Leonhard or, or Greg Sattel. Um, like you have to have an insatiable appetite for information and pop culture um, because I think if you if you're unaware of those things, it, it's really hard to guide your talent who is the one pushing them out across all your platforms. You can't be unaware of those things and expect them to do a great job of something you don't have a handle on. So I think you have to have an insatiable appetite for pop culture and tech and music and um, and surround yourself with people who you know know things that you don't. That's really, really important. I never claim to know everything, um, but I, I do. I, I think I think what I do very well, if there's one thing I could say that I do well, and I think it would be very important for an up-and-coming programmer to do well, is have a sixth sense about the people that you surround yourself with because you will only do as well as they do. Um, and the culture you build and the people that populate it, um, if they're all on a mission and they all have something to prove um, and they all are insatiable in their appetite for entertaining and making a difference in people's lives, that's the stuff that's intangible. That's the stuff that 
you know, you can't read off a resume. Like we have an HR portal at Hubbard and a, a very compliant and very great tool, needless to say. Um, but when I talk to someone in person and and can read them and see commitment oozing out of them and, and see uh, um, just a passion oozing out of them that, that they just know that, that, you know, they'll be miserable if they can't collect and then connect with an audience because all we really do is collect and connect. We, we collect all pieces of musical information, pop culture. We create our content across platforms, videos, uh, you know, memes, whatever. And, and then we, we kind of push it back out and we put our station branding on it. And, you know, if, if everyone just realizes that they're there to make a difference in the end user's life, um, and make their life better, make their life more entertaining, make them smile. Um, you know, we in the, we are in the value creation business, and whether we're a PD or whether we're a, a personality on the air or whether we're just writing blogs or you know a social media manager, when you look at the output of what you've done at the end of the day, and if you've impacted people, and when I say impacted people, I mean if you've engaged them. It's not just about the number of followers on each platform because we all know that a large percentage of those are inactive. But if, if you're if you're racking up comments and you're racking up real interaction, engagement from people, um, that's when your brand becomes really, really vibrant. Um, that's when your brand becomes something that people cannot live without and they create a bond with it. And you populate the right people in the right place. And as one of my old GMs used to say, if you continually do the right things for the right reasons at the right time, um, that's the best way to future-proof future proof your radio station and, and your personalities, in my opinion, anyway. Jimmy Steele, I have appreciated every single word of what you've said. It's like a tutorial class. But I'm going to tell you what's at the top for me that I've noticed. And there are smarter people than me in this audience. I guarantee you I see them. Okay. So I know that they've been thinking it, too. Here's this guy, Jimmy, that's been around. He's programmed in these major markets. He's had these moments of vulnerability. He's done all these things. And how many times have you talked about all of the platforms and being compelling in all of the platforms, social, digital? Where are we putting our content? How are we drawing people to us? And I just think, man, this is not a question for you because I don't care about the answer. What I care about is the now, okay? And the question was, I wonder at what point Jimmy began to talk like this, all the platforms, all the things. That doesn't matter because the truth is in the now, right now, this is where we are, people. This is real encouragement, getting people focused on bringing their personality, bringing the thing that makes our brands different to these things. Now, let's talk about that a little bit, Jimmy. Where do you see the future of radio going? In other words, for programmers and for Air Talent too, what is your best advice for us to sharpen our saw for future success in the 21st century? Well, let, let's face it, for, for kids who are on the come up right now, they live in an on-demand world. I think probably almost everybody in this room, if not everyone, has seen that YouTube video where there's a, a toddler. It must be, I don't know, maybe a year old or so. And the toddler has a magazine in front of them and they're – 
they're trying to make the picture bigger with their fingers like it's an iPad. Um, and, you know, when that video first hit uh, several years back, it, it was very, very telling because that's the expectation today. So we live in an on-demand world. You go home, you turn on Netflix, you, you want to see season three of, of you know, whatever. Um, you watch it and consume it when you want to, on the device you want to, wherever you want to, on the train, on the bus. So radio in its current incarnation is not on demand, right? It's a little old school the way it currently exists. So if you're asking me where it's going, I, I think where it's going to have to go is all of these station apps at some point are going to need the ability to basically drag and drop all the elements of a great radio show, personality breaks, great imaging, and yes, even commercials that are tailored to um, the, you know, the audience who's using the app, because we should know who they are when they log into the app. Um, so I, I think the more efficiently we take all of the products we create and align them with the on-demand appetite that's there, um, that's going to be the saving grace because we create great content. Um, there's no doubt about it. We have great bonds with our audience. We make great products every day. It's just that the delivery system now has become dated. Um, and being very bit up in Silicon Valley and for meetings when – this is my opinion. They thought they were going to become alternatives to – but anyway, originally a lot of the, the, the digital, the DSPs thought they were going to become an alternative to terrestrial radio and, and kind of had some ideas that never really came to fruition. And I think in the last few years, and, and we've seen terrestrial personalities and terrestrial programmers go to DSPs. And so I, I think the conclusion there is that the DSPs, just by playlists alone, um, weren't differentiated. We've hired radio personalities and radio programmers, and some of them are doing events. And well, they're creating events, and and instead of instead of their original thinking, where they were thinking of themselves as an alternative to terrestrial radio, I, I don't think it's a newsflash now that they see themselves as a substitute to terrestrial radio. And obviously, that's a big challenge for us. Absolutely, and I think we have to be aware of that. And I love the on-demand lean forward that you have, because I do think that's going to be powerful. Jimmy, I want to thank you for spending time with us. You know, you talk about uh, giving forward. Being on the Encouragers is certainly part of doing that for other people. Um, we just appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Thanks. Jimmy will stick around for a few minutes in case you have questions for him about radio, uh, people, or making shrewd programming choices in 2021 and beyond. You know, every week we have visits from radio pros in different parts of the country, and we do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage you, encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. Don't forget our group or club is called the Encouragers for a reason. This group is for you. All we want is for you to help us spread our our message that we're here to encourage all broadcasters. Don't forget next week, Monday, July 5th, our Western Sky event. Steve Hunter, Director of Broadcast Operations and Programming for Griffith Communications in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Also joining him with us will be Buzz Jackson, Program Director of KIIM 99.5. 
Tucson. And he's also programming, by the way, the vibe, classic hip hop. So I'm sure he's experiencing some of that. Hey, wait a minute. A country dude's doing this? Yes, it's programming. And you don't want to miss it. Uh, check in anytime for uh, your opportunity to get the latest update as we continue to add guests to what we're doing. We publish a full updated schedule for you at rainmakerpathway.com. We keep it up to date all the time. Of course, uh, that's also where you can get fresh and free resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. We don't lock away things on our website uh, because we're here to encourage your career. We care about the people in the radio business and we're here for you. Look for our free blog section to hook up and share with friends. We are gonna open our room in case there are questions for you for one of our guests on the panel, of course, just push the button at the bottom of your iPhone to raise your hand. We'll bring you up onto the stage. We do ask, please listen to this part. We do ask that you mute your microphone when we bring you up onto the stage because that is going to be important. You've heard some of the audio challenges that we do have on the platform. We want to make sure that you do a good job of muting when you're not talking because that'll help us with audio quality. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you, of course, that uh, you can nominate anyone to become a member of this group by going directly from your screen on your iPhone, Android, or tablet. You look for the little plus down there. Uh, you can get the help that you need there, of course. Also, don't forget to join us Wednesdays on Clubhouse live for innovation and audio with Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. As usual, we'll have two guests, but just like normal for innovation and audio, uh, it'll be a little bit different. Only one will be from radio itself. The other is usually someone who handles and works consistently with innovation itself in their field. They may or may not be tied directly to radio or even audio itself. We do that for a very simple reason, of course. Um, we are looking for people who are not the usual suspects. We want to really talk about and rack it up about innovation. It's our way to give you a different creative perspective about change, creativity itself, and of course, innovation. This Wednesday, yes, just two days from now, our innovation and audio event uh, will feature Phil Garini, who is the CEO of the Jonas Group, and Scott Fisher with Scott Fisher Productions. So uh, let's uh, let's kind of check in and see if we have questions for today's guest, Jimmy Steele or Angie Ward. And I'm just going to go ahead and start here with uh, Tony. Do you have a question for somebody on our panel? Hi, Lloyd. Uh, thank you for bringing me up to uh, to the stage and i really appreciate this conversation and jimmy and angie's participation tonight i just stumbled across this room and i was super excited to listen to both of you um talk about your careers uh give advice and express you know what it is that you uh that you've both been working on and focused on over the course of your careers uh it's interesting jimmy that you at the end of the discussion, talked about this, the, uh, you know, the stasis at radio, the static nature of, 
of 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 uh, innovation and advancement. And I'll tell you, I'm actually working on a WordPress plugin called Radio Station by Netmix, which is my company. And Lloyd, I'm actually speaking to Skip Dillard, and we've been in, in talks about about some things. But um, uh, you know, I've been focused on that very question, Jimmy, in that you know, what are stations looking for in terms of web technology to increase audience engagement and search engine optimization? And those are the kind of things that I'm, I'm working on, but I'd like to hear from you maybe, um, you know, in a 30 second soundbite to, you know, maybe you can think up something for me that I, that I can take back in my product development process and think about what we're going to implement because one of the things that we're splitting out is shows to episodes to segments and allowing stations to then tag segments and allowing those segments to be searchable and having the audio and having tagging system just like a mixed cloud and those kinds of things. Would that so be do, so Jimmy, do you do you have yeah. uh, an answer for this question? Yeah, yeah. it's it's I'll try to be brief. Um, so as I mentioned a few moments ago, we are content creators and, you know, back in the day you needed this, you know, this big transmitter to get it all out there and that's no longer the case. Um, but the thing that terrestrial radio has that someone who's just starting out on a podcast or someone who is just starting out trying to gain followers on Instagram is most, you know, top tier terrestrial radio stations have these indelible, tremendous relationships with their audience and, you know, databases of, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of people and followers across platforms. So we've got these built in audiences and, um, and again, when I was at Power, a lot of people would gravitate towards us because we had a young audience of early adopters, and they knew that there was cash and money in in transforming terrestrial radio listeners to users of other hip hop content on other platforms. And I think that's true now for all formats and all markets. It's just that we have to find a way to monetize it. To your point, in, in a way that. Um, how do we say this? Merchandises our content across platforms. Um, and we've got these built-in audiences who are hungry for what we do. It's just that the radio business, um, you know, is uh, a legacy business. And I, I've always found, and I use the analogy a lot of, it's very difficult to change the tire on the car that you're driving. And that's kind of where the radio industry is right now um, because we have to really be as cognizant as ever in the many ways people are consuming their entertainment and we have to kind of really expedite a learning curve there because again, we have the personalities, we have the products, we have the content. Um, but to your point, uh, SEO is extremely important. That's, that's where the world goes for information. Your station needs to come up. I think my station and probably every other station on this call can do a better job at SEO. And, and then the transition from, um, you know, a static terrestrial presentation to an on-demand presentation where people just um, drag and drop the elements and build their version of 101.9, the mix that they love. Um, we Look, we know where it's all going. I think that's pretty obvious. It's how do we get there in an expedient fashion and bring everyone along with us? So, yeah, you know, drop me an email. I know Skip very well, a very smart guy. Uh, yes. Love to learn what you're doing. 
Yeah, so I got to tell you, uh, Jimmy, uh, you're just you're batting a thousand tonight. I, we had somebody on Innovation and Audio last week talking about this on-demand questionability of radio and how that should be done. But you have really centered us tonight on that, and I think done a really excellent job of putting the focus where it needs to be. Uh, Guys, Napoleon is. Uh, is hanging out with us, and I always like that because he's so smart. Guy, do you have a question for somebody here on our panel? I'm not going to be that smart tonight because Tony already asked the question I was going to ask, <laughs> and and Jimmy already answered the question. So I just wanted because you were kind of in and out on that last answer uh, during the normal segment you were doing, and I didn't hear everything because it was it was really brilliant, and it's it's really as you've always been, Jimmy. Uh, a thinker way ahead of most people in our business. You're a, you're, 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 all, you're, you're radio's futurist in many, many ways. So I was just looking for more detail on, on the uh, on-demand aspect of what you saw as the future for radio. But I think you've answered a lot of it. Yeah, I, I just think, Guy, it's, and you're very kind. That means a lot coming from you. You have no idea. Um, but I, I just think, again, we've got the products, we've got the personalities, we've got the content that people have proven over many years that has a value to them. It's just making it as consumable as possible in real time that addresses their consumption habits. Um, years ago, I consulted a startup and I was in the same room as a VC who is a billionaire with a B. It was a pretty impressive dude. And uh, – I may have said this on one of the other calls that he basically said to me, if you're going to come in here and pitch me on how to change people's habits, you lose, you get none of my money. But if you're going to pitch me on how to improve upon a pre-existing habit, how to make something easier that's already being done, you get my attention. Um, and, and, you know, it's so simple when you think about it. So I, I guess, you know, my iteration of that is how do we take all these elements that make radio so wonderful and unique and compelling and and how do we deliver that in a way that is um, digestible? And that to me is on demand and make, you know, go, go into an app because we all know that, you know, apps are, uh, you know, obviously – much more top tier now and top of mind and people going to your dot com and design an app where all the elements of air, all their favorite personalities, all their favorite songs, again, even their favorite clients, things they want to know more about um, and just have them drag and drop everything into a 40 minute playlist and, you know, uh, monetize it. I, I mean, I, again, I don't think there's any question to where it's going. It's just how quickly and how adroitly we can get. Well, and look, what so, you seem to be saying is we are in an immersive sport. So our apps should be immersive and they should be on demand and it should be the rich experience that people want. Yes. So you, see, you see personalities being a huge part of that downloadable, customizable product, content product you're talking about. I, I absolutely do. Um, yeah, if you see what Spotify is doing with the GetUp and Apple, you know, with Ebro and Zane, I mean, again, I really think originally they thought they were going to be an alternative to us. And then they finally had their epiphanies and thought, you know, there's nothing that's distinguishing us. And now we're going to add personalities and now we're going to add imaging and now we're going to add events. And voila, there you have terrestrial radio for <laughs> your strength. Yeah, it does make kind of an interesting time, right? Jesse, do you have a question for somebody on our panel tonight? This is the first time where my question's been asked 
multiple times already. Uh, I, I find wow. beyond demand. Um, and this is a great thing because as soon as Jimmy mentioned something about on demand, uh, I remember telling my brother a couple of years ago, I, I was like, I just feel like radio is going to go in a direction where people can pull up their favorite benchmark and they can put it in with an, uh, a playlist to their favorite music. And, and it, is it ever something that we can do on a car dashboard, you know, for driving to work? So anyway, uh, I don't really have anything other to add to that other than I think it's fascinating. So, so yeah, good stuff. And Angie, it was great too tonight. I've really enjoyed this. I will say that the good news about what we're doing at the Encouragers is that we designed this for for anybody making their living from the radio industry. And I'm going to, I, I've been thinking about calling somebody out and it's not to bring them up or anything, but just to mention them in a particular way that makes my point. I don't know anybody in our business who's been more uh, mentorish, anybody in our business that's been more positive and encouraging to people than Mike McVeigh. You ask me why we are doing something called the encouragers. Uh, somebody like Mike McVeigh is perfect to bring along because we're here to encourage him just like we're here to encourage you, just like we're here to encourage your friends that are making their living in the radio industry. The good news about us is that we're able to bring really great guests. The bad news is we try to keep our thing to about an hour. You can see we're about 17 minutes over. So I want to thank you for joining us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you think would make a great guest on the Radio Rally, email me forward at RainmakerPathway.com. I hope that you have a rock star week. We like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you get anything else you want. If you you think I don't believe that, you are wrong. I believe it. Uh, I will say this. Join us next Monday for these great guests on the Radio Rally. July 5th, the Western Sky event. And it's going to be Steve Hunter, Director of Broadcast Operations and Programming for Griffith Communications in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Buzz Jackson, Program Director of KIIM 99.5 Tucson and PD of the Vibe Classic Hip Hop. Uh, we do this once a week, and we appreciate you being a big part of it. A big thank you tonight to Heather Froglier and to Jesse Tag for being such great co-hosts of this event. Our thanks, our special thanks to Jimmy Steele and to Angie Ward for being patient and giving to uh, our our audience and and being giving as guests. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers and the Radio Rally podcast, and of course. It'll be available probably in the next 24 to 48 hours, maybe sooner. Uh, thank you to Just Joe Productions for creating the audio footprint and distributing the podcast. Please do share our podcast for the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and the Encouragers Innovation in Audio with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts will be available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night.